You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, healthy, alive. Still here. Didn't get blown away yesterday. So, yeah, that's good. You know, I got a phone call from somebody today. I'm good. Thank you. I got a phone call from somebody today. When I answered the phone, I asked, how you doing? And you know what the response was that I got? Healthy and alive. How are you? <laughs> uh-huh. It's catchy, yeah? It is catchy. Yeah, it is catchy. So, and then somebody, uh, somebody also heard uh, that I said something about putting that on a coffee mug for you, and they said, "I want one of those coffee mugs when we, when you get a man." So, <laughs> we got a uh, we got a marketing thing going on here. We're gonna have to start. Uh, but yeah. um, okay, quick uh, quick announcement. I know that we've been doing this seven days a week, and this is something that we're we're very passionate about, and we're continuing to stay passionate about it. But due to the fact that we're going to be taking on some other projects around here. Uh, We are going to be limiting ourselves to five broadcasts per week of our main podcast. We're still going to be doing our two a day. We're going to be doing our our regular morning show. We're going to be doing our regular afternoon show. The only difference is we're not going to be doing Saturday and Sunday. So we're going to uh, stop that as of this week. So you're still going to get Monday through Friday. You're going to get two a day, as I said. But as far as Saturdays and Sundays, we're not going to be able to do those any longer uh, until further notice. Not saying that it won't come back in the future, but uh, for the current foreseeable future, like I said, we are taking on some other projects around here. And it's possible we could be bringing those into fruition some points uh, in the near future as well. Due to the fact that we're going to be taking on some other stuff, uh, it's it's not going to be possible for us to do things on the weekends. So uh, we are going to have to cut those. But we love the fact that you do listen, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, and we thank you that you do listen on the weekends, uh, and we do have uh, the subscriptions that do come in on the weekends. We do appreciate that. However, we do have some other things to consider at the same time. So as of this week, uh, we will no longer be doing uh, Saturdays and Sundays. So everybody else seems to take days off. So, you know, we kind of need a couple of days, but uh, we're not actually I, I kind of wish we were taking days off, but we're not. We're actually just redirecting our time uh, to something else that we're going to be working on. Just an FYI, if you're wondering why Saturdays and Sundays are not going to be updated in the coming days, in the coming weeks, uh, that's because of that reason there. So, yeah, moving on. But like I said, this is not going to this not going to affect Monday through Friday. So everyone's still going to get Monday through Friday. But today, let's start with uh, let's start with the Supreme Court pick. Okay, so it actually came through. Amy Coney Barrett is the uh, is the choice. And, you know, I, I have heard some great things about her. I've obviously I'd I'd heard, I mean, we, we've talked about the fact that she was uh, appointed to the Seventh Circuit and she was in the um, in the office of Antonin Scalia for a long time. And rumor has it, uh, people that know her well enough in the public eye that have that have come out and spoke on her behalf have said that she is somewhere in between an Antonin Scalia and a Sam Alito and uh, Judge Clarence Thomas. So she swings that way when it comes to certain things. However, however, this morning, 
as I was listening to a couple of other podcasts and I was reading around some other things online in some of my research, I heard something else about her that kind of concerned me a little bit. And that was that basically in a nutshell, we're going to explain why here in just a second. But basically in a nutshell, she was for a a ruling uh, from back in the early part of the 20th century. And we'll explain that just in just a minute. But uh, it had to it revolved around uh, mandatory vaccinations. And she was for that. Also, she was for something along the lines of a uh, of mandatory government imposed lockdowns. This is a little concerning uh, going forward because if nothing else, I mean, you know, let's say that the government decides that they're going to hand down a mandatory vaccination. Well, that would be fall upon the Supreme Court after a long fight and a long litigation battle. Uh, and if she would side with that, and we're going to reference the case specifically here, so you can go and look it up for yourself and make your own decision. But I was a bit concerned when I heard these things. And Bruce, you've been digging around over there since I brought this up about an hour ago. Uh, and what have you found? And then, of course, we'll, we'll go over the uh, the ruling that she sided with. But uh, specifically to any of that, what have you found? So as far as the claims, I haven't been able to find like the the actual like ruling that she did do that. However, we are seeing that it, it looks like she might have. Um, I haven't been able to find anything. When you're searching stuff online, do you know how annoying it is when you mention the word lockdown or COVID or anything like that? You, you get nothing but lockdown and COVID. You don't get any of your other search queries. It's just those two things. So it's, it's difficult finding anybody reporting on this. However, back in May, I believe it was, she uh, sided with uh, Jacobson versus Massachusetts. This is the 1905 bill that basically said the states, it's within their powers to mandate a vaccine. And this one was specifically related to the smallpox uh, during this one. Uh, they're basically saying you have to do it. Uh, if the state says you, you are to get a vaccine, you have to get a vaccine, uh, according to this. And she supposedly sided with that, which if she did, Personally, I feel like it's a violation of your constitutional rights because it's kind of your life, liberty and, you know, pursuit of happiness or however you want to. That, that's your decision. Right. And I was searching for uh, a specific thing in the, the Constitution. And unfortunately, it's in the preamble and states can technically violate the preamble if they want. Uh, like the, the preamble has nothing, no real power when it comes to the Constitution. But um, the, the bit I was looking for is, quote, promote the general welfare of the populace. This is referring to some of the the things uh, that the constitution is covering. General welfare of the populace would, uh, you know, mean health and um, uh, vaccines would fall under that. Uh, Unfortunately, it's the preamble. So there's not anything in here that's explicitly saying the states can't mandate a vaccine. And is this kind of what we heard with uh, with Alan Dershowitz a while back when he said that there is nothing that's in the Constitution that says the government can't mandate? I don't want to say his exact words because I'm going to have to kind of paraphrase this a little bit. But he said something along the lines of there's nothing saying that the government can't take you down to a hospital against your will and plunge a needle in your arm uh, after you've been strapped down to a table. Uh, I got a little bit of a problem with that because as far as life, liberty and pursuit of happiness, there ain't a whole lot of life, liberty and pursuit of happiness in the midst of all that. That's that's not liberty. And you could argue that's a violation of life as well, because uh, what if that vaccine has a side effect that you happen to, you know, be allergic to to or have a reaction? To be fair, all that aside, all that aside, this is the kind of thing that we tried the Nazis for, and rightfully so, after the Second World War. These are called the Nuremberg, um, uh, the Nuremberg Code. We can't do this. You cannot forcibly subject a population to any kind of 
medical tyranny. This is what these sycophants did back then. So that has to be stopped at all costs. I'm sorry. There, there's just no getting around that. But it's I mean, th- this is what this is what these people and such as like the WHO and, and Gates and, and all that. That's what these people are coming for is that right there, that precedent. They need that precedent to be able to shoot you up with whatever they want. But I was going to reference uh, Jacobson versus Massachusetts that you talked about there. Uh, the court's decision in that particular case, this is back in 1905, right? They, they ruled on it. Uh, the court's decision uh, articulated the view that the individual that individual liberty is not absolute and that the subject, excuse me, and is subject to the police power of the state. Uh, I don't think so. Individual liberty, in my opinion, is absolute. You can't just turn around and take that whenever it uh, suits your needs. If you're a government, that, that doesn't work like that. So I don't agree with this ruling, even though it was done in 1905. And as I said, I just heard about it this morning. I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it. Same. Yeah. Okay. So looking at it in a little bit more detail, the Supreme Court, technically, they reference the preamble to reference what the spirit of the Constitution is, but the preamble itself has no authority. So again, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, the ruling on that one um, seems constitutional on its surface. Obviously, it's going to take a little bit more digging to find a loophole if there is a loophole, but uh, uh, that, that would be a difficult... That that. Having that realization, that one makes me quite angry and quite concerned that we don't have defenses in in the Constitution for that. That is explicitly covered. I agree. And this is why I got so alarmed when I heard uh, supposed uh, conservative constitutional lawyer uh, Dershowitz when I heard him say that. And uh, I I thought, uh, excuse me, there's there's nothing that says that the government can't do that. Um, Yes, there is. It's called the Second Amendment. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> True. Just, just throwing True. that out there. There's something in there that says the government can't do that. And I assure you, the people will use that. So, here's, I mean, this here's, is, look, well, uh, forced vaccinations, forced vaccinations. I just want to say this one thing. Forced vaccinations, that will start. I, I don't care what your stance is on it, right? It, that That is that is completely irrelevant on this point that I'm about to make. Forced vaccinations in the United States will start a shooting war. It will start a shooting war. And these these people up there like Fauci, they know it. They know it and they don't care. They don't care. They've got nothing else left at this point. They have to go full blown. Everything that they're doing hinges upon the fact that they have to continue to stay relevant and tell people what to do. The pandemic itself, the pandemic itself, we've looked at the statistics, right? Statistically, just speaking statistically, you're looking at flu numbers, okay? Right around there, statistically. Is that to say that this is exactly like the flu? No, it's not. Behaves very differently. But what was it that I said yesterday? And actually, what was it I said two days ago? Two days ago, I said, we were done with the establishment. We're done with the big pharma. We're done with the the big corporations. We're done with the political establishment. All of it. Donald Trump was elected. Brexit happened. Other countries in Europe were starting to get on board with it, saying, wait a minute, uh, if the Brits can leave, why can't we? Right. The Dutch were the next ones out the door and possibly the French. Right. Macron even said it. I remember him saying it on TV a few years ago. He says, no, we can't give the people a vote. Well, why can't you give the people a vote? Well, if we do, they'd leave. So we reject that establishment. We reject that tyrannical rule. We reject that autocratic system being brought in. What do we get? We get a pandemic. We get told to wear masks because we need to shut up and do what we're told by the people that we told that we don't want any longer. You see how this works? Everything is being put back onto itself. Everything's being pushed back in our direction. So it's a response to the democratic rule. These people are done with democratic elections. They don't care about that anymore. They're going for full-blown authoritarian takeovers at this point, and they're going to flail, right? The system's dying. I, I said that when we did our New World Order special, part one and part two. The system is dying, 
and the establishment is dying and they don't know what else to do any longer, which I got something on that later on. You're going to love what they've come up with now. Soros and Gates think tanks. You're going to love the the new scam they've cooked up. I haven't told you about this yet because I want to see your reaction. But the system is dying. So now what's going to happen? You're going to see things get more crazy from here on out. And if I had to guess, if I had to guess, I'd say, what are they going to do next? Which we talked about it yesterday a little bit. Inflation. Okay, we know that's coming. So what is a possibility going forward, at least in the United States? They're going to cut that stock market. They're going to have to do that. They need to do they need to do something because people are pushing back on the pandemic. They're going to push back on the other lock, the, the next set of lockdowns because they're lumping in cold and flu season, pneumonia, any kind of sinus infection. All this is going to now be COVID and it's going to be counted as COVID because the real numbers aren't there. So they got to gin up and throw all this other stuff in there to keep the numbers high, to keep the fear hyped. But when that doesn't work, when that starts to collapse and they start to lock things back down, they're then going to plunge the stock market. I'd say they're probably going to cut that stock market by half. That's my guess. That's my guess. I'd say they're going to take it down by half and they're going to come out and say, uh, well, your pensions are in trouble. And what? because what did I say? They're going to come for your pension. Your pensions are in trouble. Your jobs are in trouble. Uh, all these companies are going to go bankrupt unless unless we can do this. So we need your permission in order to do that. We're being held hostage. That, that's that's what all this agenda is about here is we're being held hostage. And and like I said, it's a flailing system. It, it's in its death throes. So they have to do things in order to keep themselves relevant. And it has to be so extreme and make life so horrible and so miserable for all of us down here at the grassroots that we beg for them to come in and fix it. Problem, reaction, solution. Hegelian dialectic. They create the problem. You react to it because you think, OK, well, this is all kinds of crazy. Well, then guess what? You go look into them for the solution and they just so happen to have one. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm kind of drifting here and I, I tend to do that when I get on these long rants and stuff. But as it relates to uh, Barrett on all this stuff that I heard about this morning, I think that we need to, especially going forward with all this pandemic nonsense, we need to be taking a very careful look at all this stuff and especially with her. Now, I'm not saying that I'm siding with uh, the, the far left here because the far left in the U.S., they don't like this woman at all. But I, that's it's my understanding that's on religious standings. So that's something completely different. That's because the far left is is godless. But well, um, and abortion. And abortion. Yeah, they think they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade, which, uh, look, I, that, that's a whole nother podcast Life. in and of itself. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother podcast in and of itself. But that's too much yeah. of a conversation to have today. I think it's going to be a three ring circus to try and get her approved. But this ruling right here concerns me. This one concerns me, especially going forward on what uh, standpoints they're going to take on this. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, from what I'm finding, I'm. <laughs> I'm reading through the Constitution right now and trying to find anything that stands out and says, yeah, they, they can't actually, there's nothing there so far. I'm at the 24th Amendment and there's nothing that protects us from that. So her ruling to um, uh, side with it, it's constitutional. Uh, unfortunately, it, it, it fits within the Constitution. It boils down to opinion, really. But that would be unconstitutional. So literally it's constitutional if the government decides that. So congratulations, you have no defense if there comes a, another COVID-19 virus that is like COVID-19 and you have a Bill Gates uh, wanting to implant some kind of genetic altering, quote unquote, vaccine, finger quotes. You have no no defense against it. Gives me and hope the Second the Amendment won't, it won't. Gives me hope for the <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I, I know. Let's um, okay. Let's, let's get off of that. But they, that, I thought we had to lead with that because that's concerning. Uh, that that's concerning. That that one bothered me a little bit. Yeah, uh, that one bothers me a lot of bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, Trump's tax returns. Now, 
first and foremost, I'm just going to throw this one out there. For anyone, I don't care who it is, for anyone to release someone else's tax returns, that's illegal. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, I don't care if it was leaked or not. That's illegal. You can't do that. Okay, second thing. And what did I say when when I said that they were going to probably when he when he finally releases his taxes, or if he does. What did I say? I said it's probably going to show that he paid little to no taxes. And it shows what? Exactly that. Now, here's what's happening. The New York Times released this. They did a 10,000 word expose on the thing, okay? But what they need to do here is they need to create perception. They need the barn burner headline. That's all they need here. They don't need anything else. They just need to show the average person out there, the headline. That's all that needs to be done here. And as you go down through it, as you read down through it, what does it show? It doesn't show anything. In reality, it doesn't show anything. Uh, it shows uh, no Russia links. It shows no illegality. And and there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing. He didn't do anything wrong, though. He. Yeah. OK. All right. He paid little to no taxes. But that's just our system. What What do you want? Yeah, that's that's we've our gone system. over that. We've gone over yeah, that we, in other podcasts with, you know, the whole 18 years. If you if you lose uh, more money than you gain in a year, you don't pay taxes on that loss until you've recouped those losses up to 18 years. So. And here's the thing. He's Donald Trump is a real estate guy. That's his that's been his business. Right. He's a real estate guy. And they say, okay, well, he owes uh, whatever, 400 and something million dollars in taxes. Well, look, look, I know people that are in the real estate business, right? Residential and business as well. I know people that are in the real estate business and they are always leveraged to the max every single time because all their money's tied up in assets and deals. So they don't have anything on hand. So therefore, their taxes are I'd hate to be their tax person. I really would. I hate to be their tax person. These people have tax people on speed dial. They are on a first name basis with their tax people all the time. Tax attorneys and and all kinds of stuff because all of their stuff is tied up in that. So, like I said, I know people that are. I, I mean, I know a guy now that owns I think fifteen houses, but I mean he only lives in one of them, obviously. But he owns fifteen houses. But that's because he flips houses and he's always leveraged. The guy can barely afford to go out to dinner half the time. I think last time I was in town, I had to buy him dinner. So. Um. Yeah, go ahead. There's a bit of information here that uh, completely debunks all of this. Um, The tax returns could be completely accurate. There's one big caveat. The New York Times is the one that broke this story. The Times declined to provide the records in order to protect its sources. I'm sorry, anonymous sources? When you when you pull out this kind of information? Nope. Invalid. Yeah. So, okay. All as right. far as I'm concerned, I don't know that this is trustworthy at this okay. point. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I, I'll, I'll go with you on that. Is this why you asked me about anonymous tips earlier? No. No. I asked you about anonymous tips earlier for so. Um, there was a ruling that that Amy Coney, Coney Barrett had ruled on oh, in, okay. in terms of that. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that about this. Uh, about this thing. Okay. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Um. You know, it like I said, Could it's be. a leak. It's a leak. Yeah, it's a leak. Uh, yeah. Well, that, uh, so okay. So everything that um, everything that that Trump supposedly said about the troops and them being losers—that was a leak too, right? I mean, there was yeah, with uh, was three, four anonymous people saying that it happened. We see how that went. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, look, anyway, it's the, just the way our tax system is. I don't think that he broke any laws. I mean, look, I'm just going to throw this out there. The FBI's already gone through Trump's taxes, all of it. They've they've dug and dug and dug on this guy. Yeah. They, they have. If there was something yeah. in there, you would have heard about it. You would have known. Obama. Obama went over this. Not, not like literally him, but like his administration. It was his people that went over this. 
And we actually have the text messages from those agents uh, that were basically saying, there's nothing here. The case is closed. We should be done. Why are they reopening it? And yeah, there, there's nothing there. But as far as the, uh, what is it? 471 million that he's in debt. That's not, that's not actually like tax that. debt, by the way, that that's um, loan man. debt. Yeah. For, yeah. It's, um, it's actual loan debt. But so he, like he took said, out some loans and he's paying off loans. Like I said, but he's a real estate guy. He's uh, real estate. People are always yeah. leveraged. They're always, they're, they're always leveraged. They're always borrowing something. I mean, even, even if it's not real estate, think of another asset. Okay. I know guys that own car dealerships, right? They're leveraged as well. They borrow against something but else. If you if you own a personal car it, dealership, you always borrow against something else. You have to. Is it the business that took out the loan or did the individual person? No, it would be under the business. It'd be under the business. And that, in this this situation, I, I think it's probably under Trump's business as well. I'd have to go into uh, what the New York Times, how it's worded, but I'm pretty sure I skimmed over that and I'm looking at a different article now. But when I read over it, I'm pretty sure it said it was in relation to the real estate business, which means if there's four hundred and and fifty million dollars in in uh, loans there. Well, yeah, that makes sense. You you take out a loan to build uh, the real estate business, and then you hope to recoup those losses, you know, and then pay it off and make money. I mean, they do that with casinos in Vegas. I was and, just getting you know, ready to say casinos, Indian casinos, especially the the Indian yeah. casinos. Mohegan Sun up in Connecticut. I've been there several times. Awesome casino, and I've been to Foxwoods as well. But Mohegan Sun specifically, they gave them. I think it was a ten year loan. Is what they gave him the the Indian reservation up there. They gave him the, the tribe up there. They gave him ten years to pay it back. They paid it back in six months. <laughs> That's how much money. Yeah. They made. yeah, and I think they get special privileges as well when it comes to loans. Uh, the the Native Americans uh, like low rates, like really low rates or no interest rates or something. I mean, it, it's they get really special favors that um, the rest of us don't get. All right, as much as I don't want to, let's let's get into some COVID and lockdown stuff because we've been talking about lockdowns the last couple of days. There's been some protests in in the UK. We're going to talk about that with Marty uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, so I, I'm holding that. Uh, what's going on in the UK? Because there's been some crackdowns in the UK the last couple of days. A German doctor got arrested out there. David Icke spoke there. I saw a video yesterday, and I've seen some today, of police in Trafalgar Square just beating the hell out of people with nightsticks. It's shameful. It's shameful. Absolutely shameful. Yeah, we're, we're going to go over that tomorrow with Marty. Because as a matter of fact, I haven't heard from him. I hope he wasn't down there. Texas hospital, like I said, let's get into some COVID stuff. Texas hospital sees an alarming increase in juvenile suicide patients. Nearly one per day is what they're reporting. Now, this isn't uncommon. We knew that these were happening, and we knew that they were going to increase. What, what do you expect when kids don't have the social structure that they need? You take them out of yeah. school. I mean, the people that are keeping the schools closed, they know this. They know this. They, they don't care. They don't care about any of this stuff. I've said from the start of this thing, these politicians don't give a damn about you. They don't care about your family. They don't care about your health and your well-being. The masks are about shut up and do what we tell you. That's what it's about. This is not about saving a life. If they cared so much about saving a life, then you wouldn't be seeing headlines like this. Anxiety numbers are off the charts. Suicide numbers are off the charts. You look like you want to say something. Do they list the demographics of those suicides? Like where they happen, what what nationality, what anything on those? Because out of curiosity, are any of those kids, the juveniles, are do they happen to be related to, uh, say, any of the families that had their businesses destroyed? And now those those families are are in debt and have seen no way forward or 
are they just you know not able to go to school or what? Uh, it what doesn't. Have you? I mean, it doesn't say specifically. Uh, it just says that uh, doctors. That this is specifically in North Texas. Uh, doctors, North Texas uh, Children's Hospital say they're seeing an alarming rise in juvenile suicide patients as children struggle with COVID lockdowns and school closures. We see kids every day telling us that they're struggling. Uh, that's uh, quoting a doctor at the uh, psychiatric center of uh, Cook Children's. They said that they've seen the increase in juvenile suicides that the hospital says amounted to roughly one new patient per day, per day. The hospital admitted 29 children in August following attempted suicide attempts, and it's been admitted and has admitted 192 this year, which is more than double the amount admitted during the same period five years ago. They're saying they're attributing this to a delayed return to normal life, and schooling has contributed to the hopelessness that children are expressing when they are admitted. So they just on top want their of lives that, back. you have they want their lives on back. top of that social media, you know. Uh, yeah. as negative that as that experience can be yeah if they get so much as a you know an insult because they put some snapchat out or something and someone called them ugly or something like that you know based on the way social media is teaching them to be that can be depressing in and of itself you know which is what we're seeing with the rise in anxiety i mean we talked about what was going on with anxiety before all this covid stuff do you remember we did the podcast on um i think we did one on self-motivation we did one on, on anxiety and, and all of that so, I mean, the, these things that are out there, these synthetics, these um, these SSRI drugs that are out there, th- this is not the way to deal with this stuff. Now, I, I understand that uh, sometimes you need something as like a crutch to get you across, but you have to understand what these drugs do. Serotonin reuptake inhibitors, that's a synthetic form of serotonin, which your body produces naturally. Okay, that's that's the motivating feel good kind of thing. Right. Your body produces that gets into your brain, right? It shoots into your brain and it pushes you to, to succeed and to try harder. OK, that's what serotonin does. But when you start going the synthetic route of it, if you're down in the dumps and you're, you're depressed and you're sad and you start taking these things, then what happens? Your body starts to adapt to it, especially when you start upping the dosage of it. And so when you're pushing artificial serotonin into your brain to uh, pick you up out of that depression and make you feel better. Well, then what's going to happen? Just like any tolerance uh, tolerance level in the human body, your body's going to eventually stop producing whatever that is because you're getting the synthetic form of it. So you become dependent on that synthetic form of whatever drug that is. In this case, it's serotonin. You're dependent on the synthetic form of it. And so your body stops. And then so as a result, your body doesn't know how to create it any longer. This is why you see the increased suicides when you come off of it. Or if you decide, you know what, this is turning me into somebody I don't want to be anymore. And, and I don't know what to do with myself. So you decide, OK, you're going to take yourself off of it or you're going to. This is why doctors wean you down off of it. It takes a while for your body to learn again how to process serotonin and create and process serotonin again. So as a result, you go down further into depression because you feel senses of hopelessness and, and all of this. This is why suicides and drug overdoses are off the charts during all this stuff. Right. Since all these lockdowns started in March, we, we knew what this is going to cause. People are designed to be locked down. This is not the ninth century. That, that's not what this is. You know, we, we've moved past this, though the people in power, they would like for us to go back to the ninth century because we're a little bit easier to manage. That's what they would prefer. Now, you might have two, three generations of dumbed down idiots out there, but that doesn't mean all of us are like this. Some of us can cope with this. On top of that, all this does in the long run, those of us that can cope with this, all this does is piss us off. So there are not those of us that are going to be suicidal. There are not those of us that are going to be overdosing. There are not those of us that are going to fall into depression. There are those of us that are going to be looking for retribution on the other side of this. That means peacefully. So I'm clear. That means peacefully. That means justifiably. 
you people that are continuing this policy, this procedure that are causing these lockdowns. And we're not the only ones sitting here saying this. I'm going to quote some other health experts that are saying it too. Those people that are out there that are perpetuating this lockdown for unjust causes to satisfy your own sycophantic needs, you're going to pay for this. You're going to pay for this. Do you hear me? You're going to pay for this. What you're doing to people, you're destroying their wealth. You're destroying everything that they've worked for. You're going to pay for this and you're going to pay for this behind bars for the rest of your natural lives. If I have to go out and put cuffs on you myself and drag your sorry asses before a court, you will answer for this. You will. So uh, in relation to the suicides, we're also seeing this uh, an increase in military suicides as well. Overall, about a 20 percent increase. Uh, the army seen a 30% spike going from 88 last year uh, to 114 so far this year. The, the, the army guard, same thing, up 10%. Uh, the Navy is actually down a little bit, but uh, basically officials are saying, uh, look, we don't exactly know what the cause is. They are saying that there's an increase in um, mental health issues, you know, so people being, um, more aggressive fights breaking out, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, depression, anxiety, those those things as well. They're, they're all saying there's there's health, uh, mental health related issues, behavioral issues, and they aren't able to really attribute it to whether it's COVID or the unrest or what, what have you. But they do say you can look at it and say, uh, you know, the graphs and charts are showing that there's an increase. So what, what they're specifically, I mean, we know what it is. It's COVID, it's the lockdowns, it's the civil unrest. It's, you know, all the hysteria that's around that. It affects our troops just as much as, much as it does us. The, the, the other issue is, is we're seeing unrest in the Middle East. We're seeing unrest with China. We're seeing, you know, um, with the peace deals that they're fantastic and great. But at the same time, it, the, the bad guys over there, it kind of stirs them up a little bit. And if they start, um, you know, taking over like ISIS, for example, goes in and starts taking things over, you're going to possibly see more troops over there. We had to send more troops over because of something that Russia did here recently um, in Syria. They smashed into one of our convoys, injuring seven of our soldiers. So in response, we sent like 150 more troops and then a bunch of, I think, Bradleys. And we sent a whole slew of Bradleys over, which is the infantry fighting vehicles, uh, for those that don't know. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. More than likely, it was probably they were driving like a Humvee style vehicle or or a, um, a you know a lighter vehicle when they were hit, and they just sent over the the Bradleys because it's a tank. You know, you, you smash them into a tank, you're the one that's going to get hurt, not the tank. So that's probably why they sent them over. A study conducted earlier this year by Just Facts concluded that the anxiety and social disruption stemming from the lockdowns could destroy seven times more years of human lives than can be saved by strict lockdowns. Just an FYI. So again, we're not the only ones saying this. We're, we're not the only ones saying this. But to, to reference what I was saying earlier, you're going to push people, the average person out there. I'm not talking about someone like me. You know, I'm just a calm guy. I just want to be left alone. But you're going to push the average person out there to a breaking point. What about the people that are dealing with this at home? What about the ones that can't cope with these types of things? What about them? The ones that are going to be forced to the fringes, right? The fringe elements, if you will. Those are the ones that are concerning. And, you know, I, I, I really don't think that the average politician out there takes that into consideration when they enforce these things. I don't think they do. And so as somebody that believes in, in justice and the rule of law, that makes me concerned for the politician that's a, that's a know-nothing imbecile that's putting these policies forward. That makes me concerned for them. That makes me concerned for their safety because of what the average person 
out there that can't handle it, what are they going to do? That makes me concerned. And that, that's a cause for concern there, I think. I'm not even sure that the politician is aware of that because uh, the experts are saying COVID's so bad, it's going to kill us all, blah, 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 blah. And they're not even, I don't even think the experts are bringing up to the politicians that these lockdowns are, are causing mental issues, that, you know, there's other things that are going on uh, other than just COVID. I, so honestly, I, I don't know if it's um, necessarily intentional on the, the politician's part, if it's just a lack of knowledge or if it's um, it just, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just all political and they think it's, they have to do this because the optics and not, the, uh, and, and not care about anything else because optics, yeah. they want it reelected. And I think, I think at the ones, of, the ones at the top, I mean, we know what they think, right? They, they think all this is funny. I mean, that literally, they think all this is funny. It's, it's sick. It's sick. And they've got these these pathetic politicians that are out there that are that are keeping this agenda going. If I were a politician right now, I wouldn't be able to. I mean, what? Are you, OK, all right, fine. In the initial stages. OK, yeah, we want to make sure. But guess what, uh, Jack? We're getting back to business. Yeah, we're getting back to business. We're not listening to this nonsense anymore. We're not doing it. You know, I, I got I, I got families. I, if I were a person in elected in an elected office, we, we got families in the community. We got businesses. Are you people lost your minds? Real quick, uh, I, I want to correct something I said here. I made mention to the suicide deaths in the in the military, right, and how they're up by X percent. Last year, the suicide rate was down substantially. Like we're talking like sixty people or so, which is like forty percent or so. I mean. It's a it's a big it's a big drop. And uh, the fact that it went up, you know, by X percent, it's actually fits more along with the trends that we were seeing in the past. So say it's a little little deceptive there, that article looking at the past reports. It's it's pretty uniform. The, The only thing that's really up is active duty. Those ones are are actually up from the 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 trend. Uh, but the other ones, as far as uh, reserve and guard and navy and all that stuff, those those are actually on par with what we've seen in the past. Now, clearly, one suicide is too many, right? We don't want to see our our well anybody really uh, committing suicide. That would we would prefer getting getting them the help they need. Uh, but at the same time, I'm kind of a libertarian on this, and if you want to commit suicide, that's your choice. You know, but I would I want the options there for people to get help, you know, if they want to attempt that, you know, I mean, suicide is really the majority of the time that you see people committing suicide. It's over things that are that are temporary, uh, like it, it's a situational thing, something that is um, not permanent. You know, obviously, there's some cases where they have some kind of health or, or something that um, issue that we can't fix that they'll, you know, but I think it should be let, left up to their decision. Nonetheless, I'm rambling. The numbers aren't as bad as as was made seem uh, seemed in the article. Let me ask your opinion on this. So uh, mm-hmm. they're talking about coming back with more lockdowns in the U.S. I mean, we talked about New York the other day and what they're talking about doing. Do you think people are going to be able to uh, to to go through this again? Because I mean, they're they're going to. I think the state governors. I think they're going to try it. And of course, if Biden gets in, you better bet that there's going to be a national lockdown, even though he can't do it. Right. He's also talked about a national mask mandate. How are you going to enforce that? How on earth are you going to enforce that? What, are you going to shut down state to state travel? It's a logistical nightmare. It's not going to yeah. happen. There's Yeah. So, so 
do you think people are going to be receptive to another lockdown? Part of me says yes. Part of me says yes. And the reason I say, maybe you'll agree with this part of it. Part of me says Mm -hmm. yes. The reason I say that is because of what we saw the other day, the video we saw the other day, the woman getting tased. Yeah. Yeah. And at the football game and the people were just sitting there with their arms crossed like, oh, I can't be bothered. You better be bothered. You better be bothered by that. Every single person in those stands. Right. And I'm talking to all my my residents there of Ohio. Okay, Right. That's my home state. Every single person in those stands should have been standing up and walking over there to that woman's aid. That cop would have walked away real fast and he should have. Mm hmm. Yep. So are people going to be yeah, receptive I, to another yeah. lockdown? So you, you kind of posed two questions there and I'll ask them both or I'll, I'll answer them both. The first one was, well, you said, are, are people going to be able to survive another one? And then the second one, are they going to capitulate? They will capitulate for the most part, I think, maybe to the same degree that we've seen the first one, uh, which is we've seen, what was it, um, a good 80% or so in the in the first like month or first few weeks. And then it slowly tapered off from there. I, I think you might see something like that if they can if they can gin gin up the hysteria enough. But whether or not people can survive it, no, not without another handout. People are not going to be able to survive another another lockdown. I mean, people that lost their jobs, most cases they made either the same amount or more money than they were making at the job. But the businesses collapse. What are they going to come back to after this is all over? which I don't know that it's actually going to end. They're going to use this to institute their um, 2030 agenda. But assuming that's not the case and we get back to a normalcy, right? There's going to be a lot of people out of work. There's going to be a lot of people shut down, uh, businesses that aren't going to reopen. There's going to be a lot of people evicted. Uh, I, I, Honestly, I don't know. I can see them going for a time, but when they start running out of food, money, what have you, unrest will magnify. We, we think it's bad now when people start going hungry or because they don't have money. This is only um, the, the riots we're seeing now is just that's just the beginning. And people will riot if they don't have food. But I think it's a different kind of like you would see a different kind of riots. I mean, we're seeing the riots now of like, uh, you know, the ones that are being paid to be out there and they're triggered by the messages on social media. Right. Th- those are not people that are rioting for food, even though BLM would say that they are. Those are not people that are rioting for food. Those are people that are rioting just to riot and loot and and get their stuff. Right. That's all that is. That's not because you have a starving population. The left, the hard left would like it if we had it. Oh, yeah, you'll see looting. But the, the far left would like it if we had a starving population. But we don't. We have an expanded food program. Everyone's got food. I don't see people out there that are looting a Nike store. I don't think they're after a loaf of bread like AOC would have you believe. It's not happening. So, yeah, it's it would be a different set of circumstances. But again, UBI, right? Yeah. That, that's the thing is they're, they're going to bribe people. I mean, if Biden gets in. Yeah. If Biden gets in, that's absolutely going to happen. But the thing is, is if if a governor is going to say you have to lock down, I'm sorry, the state has to pay for me to be locked down. That's just the way it's going to be. And it's not it's not the Fed's job. It's not the federal government's job to say, oh, well, the state wants to lock down. OK, we'll pay you. No, it's the state's job because the state's the one that's mandating it. Honestly, you shouldn't get any bailout as a state. If you want to do a lockdown and you can't afford to do a lockdown, well, I'm sorry, you shouldn't get any kind of federal assistance. You chose to do it. Um, now, if it was the president that came up and said, states, we, we encourage you all to lock down uh, again, then, OK, well, in that case, that, that's under the president's guidance, then, yeah, he, he you should probably get federal at, at that point. But if the, if the president isn't saying we should all lock down, 
you know, on the federal level. I don't care what the CDC says. I don't care what any of the the, the federal, if there's nothing that the, if the president themselves, you know, whoever, whoever's president, if it's Trump or Biden, if they don't do a mandatory unconstitutional lockdown, or they're not on stage saying, you know, to the American people, we need to lock down again, then it's not the job of the federal government to pay for it. It's the job of the, your individual state or well, local I don't, if it's a mayor. Yeah, I, I think all of it's completely relevant anyway, because I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if you look at another lockdown just on the face of it, it wouldn't make any sense. It, it wouldn't make any sense. Everything's based around fear at this point. Nothing's based around hard fact. Nothing's based around hard science. That's all we've wanted from the start of this thing is fact and science. That's two things that the that the scientific community and the public health community seems to want to avoid are, are facts and science. If they wanted to talk about facts and science, okay, present them, present them, because it would make them look like abject fools like they are. That's the problem. They would be completely discredited. They would be completely illegitimate and no one would believe a word that they say. So they can't admit fault. As we've said from the start, they're never going to admit fault ever. Even if they do something out there in the open, completely uh, false, they don't care. They don't care at this point. On top of that, they're not interested in any kind of solution. You think of vaccines, you think they're just going to stop with one single vaccine? Not going to happen. One vaccine that they're talking about, the one that's supposed to, quote, put your life back to normal, that's being developed by a company. We're taking 100 million doses just in the U.S. alone. That's being developed by one company that's never created a viable working product since its inception. So what makes you think that that's going to work? It's never meant to work. It's never meant to, to end. It doesn't end until these people are gotten out of the way. That's the only time it ends. It's the only time it ends. It's the only time we move forward. You know, I, I'm tired. I'm, I'm glad that Fauci made a made a recovery, but I'm tired of looking at that little worm. You know, can he just get fired or something? I mean, is, is that even possible? What, why is this guy still there? Hearing from someone from the federal government, they basically said, if you work for the federal government, whatever the position is, unless you're uh, directly appointed by the president, essentially you, you can't be fired. Uh, it's very difficult to fire anyone. And uh, honestly, that I, I don't know how they got those immunities, but those immunities should be removed. Uh, if you're if you're uh, in the federal government and you're politically minded, in, in other words, if you lean one way or the other and that shows in your rulings or in your work ethics, then you're a problem. You should be removed. When you're in the federal government, you should have no no leanings like you should be completely unbiased in, in what you do. Uh, and I know that's very difficult for people to do, but federal government, you can't you can't have the IRS specifically targeting, for example, conservative groups that we've seen in the last administration. Uh, the Tea Party, uh, for example, tried to get tax exempt status and the IRS said no. And the IRS also audited those organizations. And some of them went under because of the the basically freezing of their assets during the audit. So is that constitutional? Is that unbiased? Is that legal? I mean, the only reason it's legal is because we allowed them to do it. It doesn't matter whether the Constitution gives them power or not. If we don't, uh, if we don't force them to, to stay with the Constitution or the legal process, they can do whatever the heck they want. So talking about the lockdowns and the, the, the feasibility of them and all that fun stuff, here's a story that should make you um, kind of reconsider it a little bit. Hacker releases information on Las Vegas area students as after officials don't pay ransom. Some 320,000 students, their social security numbers, their grades, and other private information were stolen from this uh, uh, the school district in um, Las Vegas. And the hacker released all that information. And the reason the schools had all that information available online, if you will, because of online learning. 
because of all the precautions we're taking because of COVID, that information was made bare to laid bare in front of hackers and they were able to take it and um, try to extort the school district. Now you have 320,000 students who's had their social security numbers stolen and exposed to the world now. So now you have 320,000 students who are going to have to get new social security numbers because those ones are all compromised at that point on top of uh, their grades and other private, what is the private information and intel addresses, you know, that kind of stuff. Are you going to have an increase of like cases of like pedos trying to stalk these kids now or something like that? I mean, why wasn't there more protections in place for this? The, the- this this all fits in with the whole COVID narrative. They pushed this COVID. We have to lock down. We have to vote by mail. We have to do all this nonsense uh, because of COVID. And no systems are in place to protect the people, to protect your information, to ensure your ballots are going to get in and they're not going to be harvesting your ballot ballots, as we've seen here recently with uh, Ilan Omar. Yeah, Veritas, Project Veritas released that. So it's kind of, uh, you know, kind of a problem with all this kind of stuff. But nah. No big deal. We should lock down again. Well, what has one German minister said publicly? He's come out and he said that the lockdown will kill more people than COVID-19 does. He's warning about a, a half a million or more will die just from tuberculosis alone. He's the Minister of Economic Cooperation and Development, uh, Gerd Müller. He's warned that a lockdown measure... Uh, throughout the globe will end up killing more people than COVID itself. Interview with the German newspaper uh, Handelsblatt, Mueller warned that the response to the global pandemic has resulted in one of the biggest hunger and poverty crises in history, which what's happened because of this. GP's talked about it. He's got contacts down in Central and South America. They're having a rough go down there. No tourism, no tourism, no trade, right? The ships aren't moving. You got to take that into consideration. When the first world locks down, the third world dies. We've integrated them so much. We've got ourselves to the point now where they're dependent on us. So they're dependent on our tourism. They're dependent on our trade. He's warned that further damage will be done if draconian measures continue to be enacted or continue to be enacted by governments. We expect an additional 400,000 deaths from malaria and HIV this year on the African continent alone. He emphasized that adding a half a million or more will die from tuberculosis. The supply of food and medication is no longer guaranteed, he continued. Many of the West aid programs are not adequately funded because we're not moving, right? We're, we're not moving. We're not running at full capacity like we should be. Also noting that while countries focus on battling the viruses at home, it is having a massive toll on countries not equipped to combat it without help. He further warned, and this is going to be key here because this is what they're going to do. He further warned that the humanitarian catastrophes that are building up right on our doorstep while European governments concentrate on lockdowns and restricting movement of people. Europe has decided, this is a quote, Europe has decided to support its own economy with programs worth around 2 trillion euros. No additional support is planned for Africa. This will catch up with us. So what he's saying is that this is going to result in a humanitarian crisis of epic proportion. They're going to collapse the third world into the first. This is the plan of the elites. This is their goal. They're going to then turn those starving third world masses that they have caused onto us because we are their competition. We are being made obsolete in all of this. We're going to be made to obey them. Well, you know something? I'm not going to obey. I'm not going to listen to this. What these people are doing is nothing short of genocide on a global scale. And they will pay for this. They will pay for this. They will be judged for what they're doing. Even Klaus Schwab himself. What did he say? Well, we have to try. We have to try. It's probably not going to go well for us, but we have to try. And you have to do so at the expense of how many lives, sir? How many lives? You sycophantic piece of garbage, you. 
Yeah, his uh, his comments come five months after a leaked study from inside the German Ministry of Interior revealed that the impact of the country's lockdown could end up killing more people than the virus itself due to victims of other serious illnesses not receiving treatment. See, this is the problem. They, they don't want people to be able to have selective treatment. It's, it's not the fact that they that they want to give you <clears throat> free health care. They want to take over health care so you can't get it. That's what it's all about. They don't want to give you free health care. Cost them too much money. Cost the state too much money. They want to do everything they can possibly do to make sure that you don't get it and you remain sick and dumb and poor. That's all they care about. And so this kind of, you know, this kind of goes along with, along with what we said earlier in the beginning about uh, the uh, the suicide level of teens. This is conservatively going to destroy at least seven times more years of human life. So, I mean, this is going to take some years off of you, right? The stress levels, the anxiety levels, the suicide, you know, the increased drug usage, all this, right? All this is going to, all this relates to, uh, to a longer, uh, or excuse me, a shorter lifespan. And so uh, it's important to understand as easy as it is to comprehend what I'm about to say, none of this is necessary. It's that simple. It's not necessary. We don't have to sit here and listen to this. We don't have to listen to these people. Well, because we got 97% of the population that uh, that they're going to conform like sheep. Well, I got news for you. Those people are always going to conform. Nothing you'd say or do will ever wake those people up. You can take them out of the situation that they're in. I'm going to quote Yuri Besman off here. You can take them out of the situation that they're in and you can put them into a situation where they can get kicked straight in the backside. It's probably still not going to wake them up. The people that conform to this, as I said on an earlier podcast, these are the people that have conformed all their lives all their lives to everything. They think if they just somehow do what they're told and and go along with it, then everything's going to be just fine. You know, I heard somebody talk about it the other day and they said that ignorance is bliss, right? Isn't that what we've always been told? Ignorance is bliss. It's not. In the current time, ignorance means death. Now, do I mean that in a literal sense? Maybe if what these reports are saying are true. Yeah, maybe. But it's more than that, I think. It's it's about dying inside, right? It's about not believing in yourself because everything around the messages of lockdowns and COVID and and all of the stuff that we're seeing, the non-essential, you know, you're, you're non-essential. Everything's made to belittle you. The mask wearing, the restricted movements, you know, the, the, the barking of orders, uh, the fining. All of this is made to depress you. It's all made to make you feel sad and upset and to lose hope and to lose faith. It's about the elites trying to break your will. But it's important to look past this, as as difficult as that might be sometimes. But to continue on with it, I agree with what the person said. Certain death. Because you cannot, under any circumstances, I don't care... I don't care what it is. I don't care what they try to sell you or try to pitch to you. Oh, well, if we just do this, we can do it. We can do it together. If we just do this, then this will happen. It's always one more thing. It's always a little bit more because it never ends. It's like a mouse looking for a piece of cheese inside of a maze. You get a little piece of it here. And if you just go back and do this other thing over here, then you get a little bit more. Or it's like the carrot and stick analogy. It's the same thing. They're just toying with everybody. They're in the process now of trying to humiliate all of us because we've rejected them. So going along with this, yeah, it's certain death certain death. And I will not. I will not. I will stand defined in this. I I will die on this hill. I will stand for what I believe in. I will fight for what I believe in. And I don't care if that takes every waking moment that I have every day. And you know something? I wish that there were more people out there thinking just that. I I, I don't know what it's going to take. I I don't know what it's going to What is it going to take? Your lights being turned off? Is it going to take your Netflix being turned off? Your internet being turned off? Your supermarket not having any food on Tuesday? Is that what it's going to take? Not having any any fuel at the at the the fueling station there, gas station. Is that what it's going to take? What's it going to take? They're going to take your pension, take your retirement. Is that going to wake you up? 
We can't go along with this. We can't go along with this. Can't happen. Now, speaking of lockdowns, let's just get rid of COVID, right? Let's just get rid of it. We don't need lockdowns for COVID anymore. I got a better idea. Actually, this isn't my idea. I can't take the credit for this. George Soros and Bill Gates, right? You know those two guys? You've heard of them before, yeah? George Soros and Bill Gates, yeah. Great guys they are. Wonderful people. Yeah. Wonderful people. Yeah, real pillars of humanity they are. They are. Unbelievable, philanthropic, generous, real examples of of the finest of humanity. I'm being completely sarcastic for anybody that hasn't figured that out. George Soros and Bill Gates think tanks, right? So these are people that get together and they war game out ideas and they come up with new proposals and things like that. And then they float these ideas to, I don't know, lobbyists or governments or or whatever, policymakers, that kind of thing. Uh, And they they run with them. What have they done? You're going to love this, Bruce. So we don't need COVID lockdowns anymore because those are largely ineffective for the real problem. We need climate change lockdowns. So a professor at the University College in London penned a piece for the outlet entitled Avoiding a Climate Lockdown. So it was a 1,200-word piece. She hints at the possibility of a lockdown to tackle a climate emergency. She's quoted by saying, as COVID-19 spread earlier this year, governments introduced lockdowns in order to prevent a public health emergency from spinning out of control. In the near future, the world may need to resort to lockdowns again, this time to tackle a climate emergency. So she's insisting that climate change will require dramatic interventions. And she insists that a government-imposed climate change lockdown would entail a ban on meat... What did we say about 2030? Meets mm-hmm. a rare delicacy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And limit private vehicle use and more. Self-driving cars? Mm. Yeah, they're not going to take you anywhere. Under a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use, ban the consumption of red meat, and impose extreme energy-saving measures. Rolling blackouts, if you even have anything at all. Well, fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling. The only way, to, she says, the only way to avoid this lockdown is to launch a full-scale climate revolution, including a complete overhaul of capitalism. See, capitalism's got to go. We can't have that, right? Capitalism is is the reason for all this man-made climate change, and and we're killing the earth with capitalism. You see, the Do group you know what that would bring uh, a just, new dark age. Just just saying, we're we're going to stop driving around. We're going to stop consuming petroleum products, and we're going to stop drilling. Do you know the Middle East? would go bananas. You think it's, we, we've seen it, but that would, that would trigger a Middle Eastern war like we've never seen. Majority of their income is based on that. Russia, a lot of their income is based on oil. Something like 80% or something like that is oil. Uh, Texas, and do you think Texas is going to go along with that? Oklahoma? Uh, we have a lot of income tied in that. If the if the the federal government to say which Biden would do this, but if uh, if they were to say to do that, I'm sorry, we're, we're out. Seceding. Well, that's, that's I think they're I think they're banking yeah. on the fact that people have locked down so easily with COVID that they'll lock down for the climate. You know, I mean, why not? I I almost think that people are done with lockdowns. People uh, people are more. They're more on board with COVID than the climate change nonsense. I don't think people understand that you would have to do a minimum of 10 months out of the year of complete lockdowns. You know, the, the most extreme lockdowns we've seen to even affect the climate by one degree. You would have to do that for 10 years, right? To do so, God, the, the amount of money we would be out, trillions of dollars, the, the amount of uh, uh, life years that we would be, we would be out of millions of life years by, by doing that. Millions. 
but you know that that's a that's okay, right? It's it's for the climate. Well, not to mention we'd be rolling yeah. back on five thousand years of human progress. Yeah. See, I I, I think the majority of the um, good old boys and the um, the the even uh, you know even the the gun toting classic Democrat, I think they would all band together and say, okay, now you've overstepped your bounds. Not here. You're not doing that kind of nonsense here. And uh, you would see a full blown if the federal government was to enact something like that. Um, you would see a full-blown revolt, I, I think. You would see a very quick change of power as far as president and uh, vice president. I agree. I agree. Unfortunately, we are out of time today, Bruce, so we're going to have to end it there. But it's unfortunate because I'd like to keep talking on that. Maybe we should do that in the coming days because, uh, you know, hey, climate lockdowns. I mean, we're going to be talking more about 2030. We're going to be talking more about the Great Reset in the coming days anyway. So, I mean, that plays into it, obviously. So uh, we'll have to take a look at that again. But for those of you who have not and you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes and your echoes and your comments and your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do it anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we'd humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we would appreciate that. We're available on just about every platform out there. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, Audible, that's the new Amazon podcast, Google Podcasts, all Echo devices uh, across the uh, across the world, Fire TVs and such. If you could pass us along, give us a plug on those platforms, we would appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.